and welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast. It's uh, Thursday, the 15th of February, and uh, I'm back from South Africa. I'm back in the UK. Not the USSR, back in the UK. No, that's not a Beatles record. That was a terrible start. Sorry, Phil, how are you? Very good. Thank you very much, Andrew. That was a good start. You are back. Welcome back. I'm back, and I'm also reunited with a mobile phone. For those that hadn't heard, and you may not have done, is that unfortunately, whilst I was down in Cape Town, um, I had my phone stolen whilst I was sitting in a cab doing Google Maps trying to tell the taxi driver where my apartment was. Um, and if you lose your phone in somewhere like South Africa, you are using a colloquial phrase, buggered, um, because you can't replace it in any form because you can't get a UK SIM card out there. And so basically I was phoneless, which means that I couldn't get, for instance, an Uber. Uh, and you don't want to just grab a taxi off the street. That's far too dangerous. So you basically can't go anywhere. You can't get WhatsApp. You can't uh, You can't do anything, basically. Hire a car to go out somewhere to play golf. You can't Google Maps. Uh, your life is destroyed without your phone. Um, so I had a week of phone-free phone free February, which is a lot harder than dry January, take my word. But as I was saying to people, welcome to South Africa, an amazing country of sun, wild animals. We remove you of all your stresses and worries and also your mobile phone. Just about sums the country up. But there we go. Uh, what do we do before technology? I mean, it's incredible. I mean, the good thing is, of course, I am old enough that I remember before mobile phones. So, you know, I do actually remember how you got around without Google Maps. So I was able to get to the golf course that I was heading out towards because I just planned the route in advance using a map, paper map, and uh, got there. But people sort of forget how we're just addicted to mobile phones. Talking of mobile phones, I'm sure you you may well comment later, of course, um, but uh, Arm this week had some incredible numbers. And Arm, of course, was the basically the driver when they came along with wrist chips to mobile phones. We wouldn't have them without Arm chips. I mean, they're in every mobile phone. That's how they work. Uh, and the stock, of course, uh, went ballistic over these interims. Um, it had floated, I think it was about $60 on NASDAQ at the back end of last year. And this week it peaked at uh, just over $150. Um, the American tech market is still going strong, isn't it, Phil? Yeah. NVIDIA is. is now the third largest company in the world. Oh, look, it's it's just astonishing. Um, and it's the, what does it call it? The Magnificent Seven which are sat in many a larger investment fund, um, that's for sure. Yeah, it's just incredible. And, the, the, you know, the, the good results came out of them uh, during the quarterly results period. And as you say, NVIDIA's been um, absolutely storming ahead. We covered, I mean, we covered ARM's specific results uh, last week. But, the, you know, you're right, Andrew, they, they saw what really strong double-digit growth in licensing and in royalties for the tech. Yeah. Well, I think what the market got excited about actually was that obviously their chips are yeah. are becoming AI orientated, shall we say? Yeah. Um, so they get the the AI badge of honour, uh, which is worth an awful lot more than a blue Peter badge. Uh, for those that remember blue Peter badges, God, I'm I'm feeling old today, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, it's off its highs. It's back at about 125 dollars, but uh, there is a lot. I mean, it's such a shame that it's such a brilliant, brilliant British business. Um, but it's over on NASDAQ and never managed to get a UK listing alongside. If not, I'm sure we'd all be shareholders. Um, But, I mean, the market remains uh, very difficult because the world is such a difficult place. Uh, No one wants to take risk. It's just 
too risky to take risk if that's the i'm not sure if that's the right phrase can you say that there's some word for that anyway i'm not very good at english um so it remains a very tough market uh, we still see stocks getting taken over we are having not an easy time but having said that uh, this week at vsa capital we did actually do a four million pound fundraise for a client which was a quit make uh, which uh, we've talked about quite a lot on this podcast um I think what was good about this fundraise was, first of all, it's £4 million in what is a very difficult market. But of course, Equipmake also as an Aquis stock doesn't have a huge amount of liquidity necessarily. Uh, we brought on some new shareholders, um, both institutional and a very big high net worth um, from uh, the USA. Uh, and we also did a book bill to make sure that retail investors um, could join in. And of course, that was announced this morning, about £110,000. Not a huge amount of money, but the point is that some retail obviously were very grateful. In fact, I've had uh, just now a WhatsApp from uh, one retail investor um, who actually said, I got my Equipmate shares today, smiley face. So thank you again. I was um, very pleased that you gave the offer. So uh, there you go. People do appreciate it. Um, so that's Equipmate. Have you got anything else you want to add on Equipmate, Phil? You're the analyst. Oh, yeah, I am actually. It's advanced electric um, motor and inverter technology and comes originally out of, I mean, Ian, the CEO, was uh, originally in Formula One. Uh, but it's, it's you know, the traction for me as an analyst, just looking at the company, it's UK, it's advanced engineering, it's patented tech, uh, but it's getting attention, you know, internationally and, uh, you know, recently signed a partnership with uh, Caterpillar Perkins in the UK to develop hybrid motors. So, uh yeah, really super technology and great to see investors supporting it. Yeah, well, it's it's yeah, all good all good news as they say. Uh, now look, I've been away. Um, I, I'll be honest, with you, I had a very busy uh, last few days. Uh, I had had to go up north, as they say, on Tuesday. That was a whole day taken out and catching up after you've been away for two weeks. There's an awful lot of just sort of basic stuff you have to do. So I really haven't um, got my head around, to be honest with you, much news myself, which is slightly embarrassing. And actually, it's been a pretty quiet week on the uh, the news flow and the RNS is coming out. Um, so I'm not sure we'll have too much to talk about. It could be quite a short podcast. But Phil, I'm going to let you get going with, you know, your, your I know you always have, go into that little room, which I haven't joined you in, with sheets of paper with notes to talk about of things that have happened. So I did see you go in instead of with sheets of paper, with a sheet of paper. And uh, go on, over to you, Phil. Talk us through some of your, the, the news yeah, yeah, we've had this week. Andrew, I was in the scouts. Be prepared was the, uh, you know, always the motto. Right. Um, hey, let's just swiftly get back onto a, the subject of AI and how can we avoid it in tech. Um, I saw this week that, uh, again, it's NVIDIA. I think it was NVDA. But... Um, there was this was on a Reuters, very interesting actually. Is obviously in video got about eighty percent of the high end market in AI uh, related chips, but this was in Reuters um, saying that they are going to start to work um, potentially designing bespoke chips uh, for cloud computing firms and others. Um, this is you know part of this is because it's, it's seeing some competition coming to the space from other semiconductor makers. No surprise there, given the excitement and, and you know the size of the markets. But also in the Daily Mail this week, this relates to UK companies. This is Sondrell, ticker is SND, um, and it's a small cap, but it's a it's a it's a chip design company, UK chip design company. In the Daily Mail, 
quoting a source with knowledge in the matter, said that Sondrell may play a key part in developing uh, Tesla bosses, well, Elon Musk, brain computer interface, Neuralink. Um, and so <laughs> Sondrell uh, said it doesn't comment on identifying its customers, but uh, I think that might cause a little bit of excitement in uh, its share price. Um, but, but sticking with uh, Can I just interrupt you there? And this is a complete uh, red herring. But you mentioned Elon Musk there. And I've just got to say, I was very excited this morning. I was listening on my, my bike ride in yeah. um, to the launch of the uh, Falcon. Uh, well, actually, it's called Peregrine is, is the launch. Um, but it's the first space rocket. And it's an Elon Musk uh, space rocket, although he hasn't got the landing craft. Uh, to land, going to land on the moon. It's the first one since Apollo 17 in 1972. Uh, and so I was listening to its launch as I cycled in. Uh, that gives you a clue what time I cycle in, um, because it was um, I cycle in too early, Phil. Um, but anyway, it's really exciting. The, the slightly tedious bit, of course, is that it, we know it takes about three days to get to the moon, but it's actually going to circle around the moon for about nine days. So it won't actually be landing for another 12 days. But uh, I mean, anybody flying knows that you, you will, like, if you go to Heathrow, you end up circling around and around in the hold. The space rocket's obviously doing the same. You know, it's, just, it's in the hold around the moon before you get a landing slot. Anyway, that's a little joke, by the way. Anyway, I was excited about that. Carry on. <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was total crap. But it's all technologies. But going back to the moon, it's exciting. Of course it is. And, and the makes motors have been used in rocket engines, by the That's way. That's true, so, actually, yeah. Yeah, the fuel pumps, yeah. Um, anyway, so, right, quickly going back to, back to um, AI, well, information analyti uh, analytics, uh, relics, R-E-L-X, FTSE 100, used to be known as Reed Elsevier. So multinational business, um, and they provide its scientific, technical, medical information analytics, legal information analytics, um, and they have reported, and the share price, Andrew, if you look at this on screen, Relics have had an absolutely storming run. Um, it's, uh, they've just reported uh, full year uh, revenues and profits, and they've said that their adjusted operating profit grew by 13% to 3 billion. Uh, on revenue up by 8% to 9.2 billion, and their earnings are up by 11%. So, you know, their, their profitability outgrowing their revenue growth, divvy up 8%, and they're doing a 1 billion pound share buyback. Um, and they've also announced they've got uh, announcing a commercially generative AI product with LexisNexis. Uh, that's their, their legal business. Um, so, yeah, super set of results from Relex. And again, is one that's in a number of, um, of institutional, well, clearly in institutional fund, uh, portfolios. But nice to see a good, great UK success there. I'm just trying to, oh, I've got the chart, my, my icon system, which is, by the way, I think it's absolute rubbish. It's owned by the LSE, G, whatever it's called. Um, it was struggling a little bit there. But you're absolutely right, actually, since sort of, We'll call it, should we say, AC after COVID, uh, the price has gone from about 1500 to 3300 So it has been, it's a nice steady straight line upwards, isn't it? So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's been a nice performer. It's interesting, you know, we all talk about how tough this market is, but there's so many stocks you look at and you go, actually, that's performed quite well. But it, as you say, it tends to be the, the slightly bigger ones, doesn't yeah. it? Um, yeah. But there you go. Anyway, yeah, moving swiftly on. That does at the moment. So that's a, yeah, so that's AI. But looking more to aerospace, and um, <clears throat> clearly since COVID, passenger numbers have, have been recovering globally. Um, and that all filters down to, to aircraft sales and engine maintenance, aircraft engine maintenance. But um, there was a good set of numbers out of Safran Aerospace uh, this morning as well. That's there in aero engines. 
Um, and they reported their full year uh, operating income up by 31% to 3.2 billion euros on revenue up by 22%. So again, like relics, you're seeing the profitability um, here grow faster than the revenues, which are you know, obviously reflecting a degree of operational gearing. Um, but they co-produce what are called LEAP uh, jet engines with GE Aerospace. Um, they're used in Boeing, the 737 MAX jets, uh, the A320. Um, and they've got a, J a JV, I think, with Pratt, Pratt & Whitney and Aero Engines. Um, but they did make a comment here, because clearly I bet they're being asked about Boeing, uh, and the chief exec said uh, that reporters that restrictions by the US aviation regulator on Boeing's growth plans for 737 production, uh, resulting from flaws in manufacturing, could affect deliveries of, of their engines, but it was too early to quantify that. Um, so that was Saffron Aerospace, but I think... Well, we also today, I don't know if you saw, but Airbus actually, I mean, it says what you said, they actually paid out a special dividend after really strong results that they just reported. Yeah. Uh, it said it was the best ever year for orders. Um, so Airbus going strong uh, and taking obviously a little, probably a little bit of advantage of the fact that uh, Boeing seemed to have a slight problem with their bolts. That would be the one, yeah. And uh, also, I saw Jet 2 have results. Um, oh, they did. They were very good, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, of all the, the travel stocks, I mean, for what it's worth, this is going off peace side, but I used to do obviously a lot of travel and airline work in my past. Jet 2, in my view, does have probably the best management. So they had a very upbeat uh, set of results. Um, travel is going strongly. Um, but, you know, you've got to say at the moment, the market is, yeah, okay, it's going really well at the moment. We're still slightly in that after COVID type um, rebound, shall we say. Um, but I think that there's still quite a lot of cynicism. How long does it last? Um, will the consumer get squeezed? You know, yeah. I think we've only gone into a technical recession today yeah. or a mild recession. Yeah. But, you know, it does mean that consumer spending is getting squeezed at the moment. Let's be honest. The world's a very unsafe place, so people are being a bit cautious. Um, and uh, having said that, they will probably become the UK's largest tour operator now listed because TUI is going off to Frankfurt. Um, so it becomes almost the only one, or well, the only big player out there anyway. So, but yeah, no, it was good, good figures from Jet2. Yeah, yeah. And sticking with, uh, sticking with jets and aerospace, uh, Velocis, uh, VLS is a ticker. That's uh, V-E-L-O-C-Y-S is actually Velocis. Um, I, did you see that, where they've announced that um, they are the receive strategic funding and taking the company private? I noticed this week. Um, so they have patented technology, which is uh, to produce sustainable, or sustainable aviation fuel. Um, and I think they've raised uh, about $40 million um, from a consortium of investors, including Carbon Direct Capital and Gen Zero there. So they've put an injection of money into it. So that was on Velocis. Um, and then sticking with transport, Journeo, ticket is J-N-E-O, market cap is 44 million, so a smaller company. Uh, they had a full year trading update to December, and this, I think this company used to be called 21st Century. Um, so they provide for like transport fleets, uh, buses, train operators, uh, CCTV video surveillance systems. Um, they also do uh, sort of public transport information systems in towns and cities, ferry terminals, etc. Um, and they've got software monitoring systems on vehicles. So it's all to do with transport services. 
Um, and they've, they've had a good full year, apparently. They were saying that revenue line with market expectations uh, increasing by 118%, I'll get to this, to 46 million versus 21 million. Well, the company's made, looks like it's made a number of acquisitions, made two acquisitions, said that they're performing well, contributed 21 million to revenue. So, uh, okay, so 5 million of revenue growth was organic on the 21 million in the prior year, so that's good. Uh, profit before tax aligned with expectations and sat a cash balance of uh, 8 million pounds. So a pretty decent set of results for them, in, uh, again, in, tra in the transport sector. Uh, very good. I think that is about it for me. Yeah, look, we'll keep it as a short podcast actually because I, I don't have a lot of news. I, I, you probably, I, I'll be absolutely honest with you, because I'd lost my mobile phone, I couldn't listen to the podcast that uh, you did with David Scriven whilst I was away. It's a bloody good excuse, that, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, uh, but I, I'm sure you did talk about the fact that I had for some time, well, for quite a few years, been incredibly negative on the uh, energy storage funds that were out there and of course we had a bit of a whoopsie whilst as a way didn't we yes we did and um you know i think if people wanted to talk more about that then maybe contact me directly um it, you know the uk in particular has a real problem uh with the way energy is run in this country and the way we do storage and the whole way of peak hours and how we we supply peak energy and that sort of stuff i mean i think you you wrote a short note on it didn't you uh, phil yeah yeah we did and we, we well we discussed it we discussed it on the podcast i mean one of the, the fundamental things appears to have been is that we have all of the you know the battery storage in place uh in the uk and it's growing but nonetheless the national grid has not been calling on it as a resource in terms of backing up the grid, and instead of what it's been doing, it's usually more gas, and also the interconnectors importing energy from Europe, and so the battery providers have been overlooked, and that's caused their revenues to, uh, you know, to clearly to fall, and the funds that are invested in it have suffered. Well, and the other problem is you have this ludicrous situation that if you want to connect to the grid, it can take you years to get permission, can't it? Yes, it can. Yeah. I mean, we need to cut out all this red tape and everything, and just get moving fact of the matter is the cheapest form of energy is becoming solar wind batteries batteries are getting cheaper and cheaper and everybody knows that i love vanadium flow batteries as well as lithium batteries you know they sit very well together as they are at the energy super hub oxford yes we're very biased towards invenity energy systems and a few people by the way have been saying andrew the price keeps falling what the hell's going on we're worried we're worried look guys all i would say is that you know we've made it very clear and public that we are in discussions with strategic investors that will transform the company, absolutely transform it. These people just take a bit of time. Uh, there have been some comments of, you know, are you about to rush around and do a discounted placing? No, we're not. I take my word, I haven't gone near a bloody institution to suggest it. Um, so, um, unfortunately, all the institutions sit there. They don't buy, they don't sell. Um, so all you need is some, you know, a hundred shares of a retail person who's selling for some reason or, or whatever, and it knocks the price. But the price, in my view, at the moment, really is ludicrously cheap. But I am slightly biased. We are the corporate advisor. I do an awful lot of work with them. Um, but uh, don't believe necessarily everything you read about um, what's going on. So often the case with all sorts of stocks. Um, Anyway, enough said probably. I don't want to say anything I shouldn't say.
Absolutely right. Well, no, they, they clearly publicly announced that they are looking for strategic investment. So, yeah. Yep. Anyway, okay, uh, that'll do for now. Uh, actually, I'll tell you what, next week we will get one done um, at some stage. I am on a, a site visit to uh, Quadrise, which is the um, emulsion fuels business. Um, so that's sort of e-fuel, shall we say. So almost taking transition energy, but it's sort of, you know, e-fuels is transitional energy. Uh, so we've got a site visit there next uh, Thursday morning. But don't get back into a bit late, but I will do the, the podcast with you in the afternoon, Phil. So we will get it done. Superb. Well, I look forward to that, Andrew. And have a good visit to Quadrilize. All right. And I hope listeners appreciate we kept it to 20 minutes. Oh, that's a delight. A short one from us. See you next week. I <laughs> will do. This podcast has been produced and edited by VSA Capital. It is intended for information purposes and not as investment advice. The information is intended for recipients who understand the risks associated with equity investments in smaller companies. Please do your own research and do not rely on a single source when making an investment decision. VSA Capital may derive fees from this content and seeks to do business with the companies mentioned.